Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The Breakfast Brief on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang with you. We are going to take a look at some of the headlines investors will be paying attention to today. And really this morning, the theme is Switzerland and China. Let's talk about Switzerland first. Of course, uh, the World Economic Forum is happening in Davos. A lot of corporate executives, economists, trade leaders, ministers rubbing shoulders with pretty much the same sentiment that... uh, there could likely be a global recession this year. Yeah, I wish it was one of those mornings where I could ask you, do you want a good news or bad news first? But it's I'm all afraid bad news. It's all bad because it's a series of warnings coming through and this is based on a survey by PricewaterhouseCoopers so that they polled over 4,400 business leaders and guess what? 73% of them predict the global growth is going to be declining over the next 12 months. In fact, this is the worst reading since they began the polls back in 2011. And about 18% believe a world recession is extremely likely. So more than twice as many as what they conducted back in September 2022. So that is around about five months ago. Yeah, we got, I think, about a day or two ago, uh, some sort of predictions uh, from the IMF saying uh, fragmentation could cost uh, the global economy up to 7% of GDP. Looking ahead right now, at this moment, stock futures are ticking lower as the United States start to come back into action. And all this, as investors are looking toward uh, corporate earnings. Yeah, and another finding coming out from the survey, which PwC says uh, says it found quite surprising, is the long-term outlook. So 40% of CEOs are convinced that their organizations will not be economically viable in 10 years if they do not transform. So a couple of things on the table that they are a bit concerned about, including cost pressures, how they manage them, and also longer-term supply chains, climate as well as technological disruption. So just for comparison, last year, they were more worried about cyber threats, Mm. health Mm. and climate. So Mm. a bit of a change in priorities. Yeah. Uh, Geopolitical threats are also on the cards. You look at uh, Russia as well as Ukraine, but... Are there any other potential outbursts mm. that could happen? Yeah, so if you look back in 2022, that was a surprise wild card for many people. Yeah. And then the question is, what else could happen next? So looking into how things could play out, questions around the Middle East, yeah, uh, yeah. Iran, for example, even the Inflation Reduction Act in US is a potential risk for geopolitics because it involves transitioning away from fossil fuels and just changing the way the energy ecosystem is now being run. A lot of it, uh, of course, with European companies and countries having a big stake in it. So that means potential tensions in Europe if you get more subsidies for clean energy projects in the US, for example. So that's going to be um, a lot to watch out for this year. Yeah, you you sort of treading very carefully here because even last week when you saw uh, the Japanese Prime Minister uh, go on a bit of a world tour uh, around Europe as well as the United States, um, you see how Japan is shoring up their military capabilities mm. in the view of, you know, the, the fear of China. Uh, that's another thing, uh, another spanner in the works. What are the notable findings came out of this PW survey? Okay, so if you look at the main findings, we have 9 out of 10 respondents expecting both 
weak demand and high borrowing costs to weigh on their companies. Yeah. And more than 60% are also point to higher input costs. And of course, the question is, can they pass it on to customers? So that is a big question mark. Uh, other challenges they cited, including how they might need to cut costs, maybe even lay off workers. If you look at how they are viewing supply chain disruptions, they don't expect it to cause a significant drag on business this year. So that's, a, I guess, a bright spot. Uh, cost of living crisis may also be nearing its peak. So the mm. worst may be over when it comes to how rising cost pressures start to maybe plateau, maybe even moderate. So that's a good sign as well. So at least there's some comfort there. Hey, uh, you talk about cost of living, right? Where are we at uh, as far as food or food companies are concerned? Yeah, last year we saw energy prices really spike up. And then we got a lot of talk about how these oil and gas companies have been unfairly profiting from the woes of everyone else. And then we got policymakers saying, hey, we need to tax them more. So the term windfall tax really got more traction last year. And now food companies are under the spotlight because they are also benefiting to some extent from adjusting their prices to so-called cope with inflation. So they are being singled out by anti-poverty group Oxfam as another sector that needs to be paying windfall taxes because um, they say a lot of these rich companies and in turn rich businessmen are making more money and getting richer off the back of these crises. Wow. Um, And you can't help but wonder what the role of governments uh, can do or can play in this area. Yeah, so this is um, going to be a big question mark. Already in Portugal, uh, it's one country that has introduced a 33% tax on food and energy companies. They record profits 20% higher than the average of the last four years. So this is uh, an interesting area to watch out for if all these countries might follow suit because of how uh, a lot of their coffers have been spent on COVID-19 measures. And Mm. of course, they need to replenish a lot of it for revenue, for other policies for health and also future growth. So that's going to be another area to watch out for in 2023. Uh, well, uh, we are looking ahead uh, to get some basis of how 2022 ended. As far as China is concerned, that's in line with their GDP figures that are coming out at 10 a.m. We're going to look at the unemployment picture, industrial production, retail sales. And it's a difficult one, uh, as we'll discuss later on on our calendar of the day segment, where on the one hand, you're probably going to get a not nice picture for the fourth quarter But let's not forget, the fourth quarter was when eventually China decided, hey, let's uh, come out of this zero COVID policy. So you look at the bad before you can look at the good. (laughs) Is that a fair way to put it? Some sticker shock due later today. But you have to bear in mind, it's a reflection of the fourth quarter, which is already passed. So uh, it's going to be more meaningful to look forward to see what sort of upside you can get, especially with the recent policies that have been rolled out, including plans to revive the property sector. Mm. And of course, um, the easing up on the crackdown, which we've seen to some extent, you know, some uh, indications that they are just giving more room for the likes of N Group to list. So that is um, promising. Yep. All right. So, uh, we'll discuss more, of course, uh, Ryan and myself, in our calendar of the day segment. That's coming up a little bit later on. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.